Tom Borelli is a PhD molecular biologist turned political activist and a Newsmax contributor. Deneen Borelli is the author of Blacklash and a Fox News contributor. They're the Borellis, exposing government corruption and championing freedom, giving you the truth in black and white. This is Reigniting Liberty. Hey folks, thanks for checking out Reigniting Liberty. I'm Deneen Borelli and Dr. Tom Borelli is in the house bringing you the truth in black and white. Folks, we got a serious topic to talk about today. We have Laura Reese joining us. She is the Director of Border Security and Immigration Center at the Heritage Foundation and heritage.org. They are located in Washington, D.C. Laura, welcome to Reigniting Liberty. Thanks for having me on. We appreciate it. We know you're very busy. So we wanted to get into all things immigration. Uh, we have a border crisis that is going on, but it's not just a southern border crisis. It is now an in-your-backyard crisis for sure. And I really hope people are paying attention. Now, I know you had a seminar today at this time that we're recording. Uh, the Borellis actually watched. You moderated it. But before we get into that, we wanted to uh, talk about the surge the big surge that has taken place on our southern border, it seems to be related to Title 42, which is scheduled to end next week. If you could just please explain to our viewers and listeners what exactly Title 42 is and what are, will the consequences be once it is ended? Sure. So Title 42 is an authority that the CDC can use during a public health crisis. And this was uh, a tool that was turned on early in COVID. So uh, the spring of, of 2020 during the Trump administration. And it basically said that due to the pandemic, border agents were authorized to turn migrants back uh, across the border to protect Americans' health, to protect the agents' health. Um, and and uh, it, it's been a, a valuable public health tool for that reason. Now, the, um, the Biden administration, when they came into office, they were getting pressured from the left to turn that authority off, even though uh, the Biden administration was continuing with the vaccine mandates and the mask mandates and everything else, COVID, the left viewed Title 42 as a uh, immigration enforcement tool, and, and they're not really for immigration enforcement, you know, hence the open borders. So they wanted Title 42 turned off. And uh, the Biden administration relented. And this past spring, the CDC announced that it was going to end that authority. Uh, but a number of states sued. And the courts have kept that authority turned on until recently. Now it is about to sunset um, this month. And you know the smugglers use that information to sell to more would-be illegal aliens. And, and we're seeing. A, a rapid jump uh, right now in, in the numbers that are crossing up to 8,000 8, a day. I think, you know, that, that is just incredible. And in fact, uh, both Deneen and I, we were watching uh, Fox News last night and Bill Mnuchin, one of the reporters there, was on the border and, you know, these, these amazing, if not horrific uh, videos of thousands of migrants standing, waiting to cross the border where I guess there's an open spot 
where the where the wall used to be or wasn't built. And one of the things that struck me about his report, he also went into Mexico and had video of the Mexican government busing migrants to our border, and then they just kind of walk across. Uh, have you heard about that? And what is Mexico doing? Why are they doing that? Well, first of all, thank God for Bill Malusian. I mean, he has been recording this border crisis for almost its, you know, the past two years. Mexico is hot and cold. I mean, there'll be times where they will, you know, put forth a, some effort to stop the migrants, and other times uh, they will be, you know, helping it uh, along to the north. And so the video that just came out showing the police escort was was pretty shocking. Uh, there seems to be a lot, a much bigger effort among very powerful organizations, a lot of money, a lot of NGOs, and George Soros seems to fund so much of it, that is about undermining the US, whether it's culture wars you know, inside the US, uh, but also using a tool of mass migration and weaponizing it. They've, they've used this um, in, in Asia, the Middle East, um, and, and they've used it a few years ago um, in, in Central America to come to the U.S., and they're clearly using it right now. Um, but we have seen historic numbers of illegal aliens cross the border because this administration has invited them, frankly. Um, and, and people ask why. Why are the Democrats doing that? Some will say, you know, they'll, they'll cloak it in, they're vulnerable people and we're just doing a humanitarian thing. Um, many view it as, the Democrats view this as future Democrat votes. Uh, to be sure, these numbers will affect the US census, how future congressional districts are drawn and apportionment. Because when the US census is done, they do not ask an immigration status question. And so Democrats do view that as, as bigger, um, a higher number of representatives in Congress. So there are a lot of forces at play here. And unfortunately, it is very much a America last and Americans last in all of it. So to kind of summarize that, so while illegal aliens can't vote yet, they are actually voting just by being in a congressional district because of the the way the census would be measured. And I'm thinking they're going to be more or less in some big cities and that will more or less keep Democrats in power. Right. So, uh, yeah, only U.S. citizens are allowed to vote uh, in, in federal elections. Uh, even green card holders aren't allowed to vote and certainly not illegal aliens. Now, the left is, is doing their their muddiest to chip away at that and, and giving away more uh, voting rights, whether it's at the state, local, and even now the federal level. Um, but they are absolutely counted in the census. And that means more dollars going to public education um, to educate uh, these, these large numbers and, and in English as a second language and all the other welfare and, and, and benefits that go with that. So Americans need to realize that um, you know when we say, Every town is a border town. There are a lot of costs associated with that. And yes, they're getting representation and, and not allowed to vote, not supposed to vote. Right, no, it, it's, it's incredible actually. Um, 
talk to us about the numbers. You mentioned something like 8,000 a day. What about the number of gotaways? What about the number of estimated illegals that are here anyway? If you can just talk to us about that. Right. So pre-Biden, the number of illegal aliens living in the U.S. has been estimated at 11 million. But that number has been used for over a decade now. So I, I, I'm quite dubious that that was, in fact, the number uh, before he took office. Uh, there was another study by MIT a few years back that said really it was about 20 million. So, you know, let's start with that range. Um, Biden comes into office, opens up the border, and uh, immediately we're, we're looking at a couple million illegal alien encounters each year that he's been in office. Um, and so you add to that, those are people who are turning themselves in uh, to the Border Patrol agents because they know that they're going to be processed into the U.S. never to be seen again. But in addition to that, you have um, about a million gotaways who are people that don't want to be caught. They don't want their fingerprints taken um, because they are likely past convicted felons, known and suspected terrorists, um, etc. And these are people who are generally military-aged men. They are crossing in head-to-toe camouflage day in and day night, day in and out. Um, and so for total numbers, we're talking already now at about 6 million if you take the uh, apprehensions plus the gotaways. Um, and this is a real national security concern. Uh, because the administration will admit to, for example, about, I think it was 98 um, terrorist watch list hits last fiscal year. Um, so if you're dealing with a million gotaways, how many more known or suspected terrorists are among that population? Um, and so we, we have returned to a pre-9-11 posture, and there seems to be no change in sight by this administration. So just before the midterm election, uh, the Biden administration announced a uh, remain in Mexico policy just for Venezuelans. Is that policy still in effect and is it having any impact at all? Right. So this administration has been, in, in addition to the very generous laws and programs that are already on the books, uh, this administration has been piling on the pathways uh, for additional ways to come here and to stay here. And they seem to be doing it by nationality. They did one for the Afghan evacuees. They made a program for Ukrainians. And now they've made another program for Venezuelans uh, because the Venezuelan numbers were increasing so rapidly due to deteriorating conditions there and because they know the border is open. So they figured even if they had resettlement offered by, say, another country in South America or Central America, hey, let's go to U.S. It's better there. They ditched their documents south of the border showing they were resettled elsewhere and then, you know, come on into the U.S. And so um, the, the Biden administration came up with a program for Venezuelans and it was a little bit enforcement, a little bit benefit. Um, they, they said that they had cooperated with Mexico to keep some Venezuelans who were trying to enter illegally in Mexico. That's that that flavor of remain in Mexico, even though the Biden administration was was such an opponent to that program. Yeah. But then also it allowed uh, Venezuelans to fly in from Mexico, a, a, apply for asylum protection, you know, outside the country. And then the government would work with them to fly them directly into the interior of the U.S. 
so as not to put a strain on our southern border. <laughs> I mean, it, it's laughable if it weren't so serious. It is uh, unbelievable. In, in regards to uh, Governor Greg Abbott, um, what is the status of what he's trying to do in terms of declaring, declaring an, an invasion uh, to try to protect the citizens and, and the state? Any, any idea what the status is? Yeah, so, so Governor Abbott has been doing his mightiest to, to uh, enforce the state laws because obviously the, the federal um, government won't enforce the federal laws. Um, so in, in addition to the operations that he has put into place and, and using the, the National Guard and uh, county prosecutors to prosecute, arrest and prosecute for state laws like trespass and, and state criminal laws, you know, the numbers keep rising. He has been transporting uh, buses of illegal aliens to other, you know, locations, DC, for example, to try and get the attention of, of what's happening down there. And a number of counties, um, the sheriffs in Texas have said, look, we are drowning here. This is an invasion given the numbers of people that are coming through. Um, and what it comes down to is state authorities under the Constitution are not supposed to, don't have the authority to deport someone across the national border. That's supposed to be the job of the federal government, but they're not doing it. Um, and so I think Governor Abbott is, is kind of pushing that envelope to say we are being invaded under the Constitution uh, no, it's it's not you know an army dressed in uh, a military representing a country, um, but it is the same effect. Um, and so he has not physically deported someone clear across the border. He has turned them over to Customs and Border Protection at the border. So he's kind of walking right up to that line uh, without crossing it. I think some fear that if Texas were to deport someone across the border, uh, the federal government would immediately sue, but potentially also arrest uh, the agent who, who did that. So um, there, there's a bit of a risk there, but it is a novel constitutional question. Um, surely our founders did not have this scenario in mind when they uh, talked about um, enforcing the border, who could deport and what exactly uh, an invasion meant. Yeah. Yeah, that's... Uh... It's, it's, it's quite an issue there down there. At least, at least he's making, you know, an, an effort to, to tackle uh, this sort of a problem. So uh, both Danine and I, we've had our own experience here. We're based in Connecticut, but we happen to be about three miles away from the Westchester County Airport, uh, mm -hmm. basically in White Plains, Harrison, New York. And twice, twice, uh, we used one of those flight apps and we went to the airport and tracked two buses. Uh, one went to uh, Sturgis, right, Denise? Sturgis, New York. Slotesburg, New York. Slotesburg, I'm sorry. Slotesburg, New York, which is about 50 miles north uh, up the turnpike. I thought we were going to Albany. Thank God we didn't because <laughs> it was late at night. And the other bus we followed to a boat basin in Edison, New Jersey. And we were shocked at the organization of the way uh, this, this was processed. These big white buses pull into the airport onto basically <laughs> in, into the airport area, in, into the uh, landing field. 
and then they drive away and there's like three buses we happen to follow once uh, obviously only one bus but it's truly shocking to see the organization that was going on and i know you just had a seminar about uh nonprofit groups and companies corporations behind the transportation and the funding of these these illegal aliens but i was wondering you know we don't know we asked the bus driver we approached them and said who you who you working for they would tell us but mm -hmm. i wonder was it a government agency or was it a nonprofit group uh, it could be a nonprofit group. It could be just a contracted transportation service, kind of like um, some of these pilots and, and the planes being used uh, for just the transportation component of all this. Um, but it is a remarkable set of logistics that are happening every single day um, to move millions of people around the country and keep it relatively quiet well yeah, yeah. um you know occasionally we'll get a video of, of planes unloading like you're talking about in westchester um but it seems to be by accident and of course the you know administration immediately you know dismisses it and tells the media not to cover it um but that's that's why we wanted to um do this this geofencing of phone da data that we just had this event on uh, we just did that for, for one month, um, and we had about 30 NGO locations um, at or near the southern border. Um, and just that small snapshot, those phones went to every congressional district in the, you know, the lower 48. Um, so members of Congress need to wake up. It's not the occasional airplane landing in, you know, rural New York or Tennessee. It is every day. Um, and this has real costs for their constituents in terms of education and healthcare and housing and, and the like, uh, let alone the fentanyl that's coming in and the crimes. Um, and so First and foremost, Congress needs to defund these operations. Congress needs to flex its purse strings muscle and stop funding this. Um, second, Secretary Mayorkas absolutely needs to be impeached. He is breaking the law. He's ignoring the law. He is making up law. He is lying to Congress. He's lied to the American public and utterly lost the, the trust and faith of, of DHS employees, certainly his agents who's, who he threw under the bus um and the american public um so he needs to be impeached and then congress needs to pass a bill that would actually secure the border yeah that would be a help but as we know we're going to only have the house yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah. so i guess the best we could do at this point is try to uh, defund some of these extra activities but also recently there's been talk about some sort of uh, another bill uh, an amnesty bill, and I believe there's some uh, Republicans involved in this as well. Uh, horrible idea, horrible timing, but uh, can, can you uh, explain to our viewers and listeners about this potential amnesty bill? Yeah, as if this border crisis weren't bad enough, uh, for members to still talk about and entertain amnesty is, is mind-blowing. Um, yeah. So we have uh, Senator Cinema from Arizona and uh, Tillis, who have been in discussions for a, a framework. They're working on text right now. Um, and, and as best we know, um, they're looking at giving amnesty to 2 million illegal aliens. Now, whatever number they pick, it never stops there. It is extremely easy to defraud it 
Um, anyone can go back to the amnesty that was signed when Ronald Reagan was president and see how many more millions applied for, for that amnesty. But um, the number that has been reported is, is 2 million. Um, and then on top of that, uh, a, a loose promise to extend Title 42 a little bit longer, but we know the Biden administration wants to end it, so no enforcement there. Um, giving um, more money to Border Patrol agents, uh, increasing the Border Patrol number, that is always the knee-jerk reaction for any immigration bill, is they say, okay, you can have some more Border Patrol agents. But under this administration, all more agents would do is process in more people faster. Release, so, right. <laughs> um, that, yeah, that, that's not going to help. So um, there's absolutely no reason that any member of Congress should even be discussing amnesty, given what's happening at the, uh, at the border and how much the numbers have jumped just in the past couple of weeks. Right. But also, it's just bad policy because it just encourages right. future illegal immigrants to say, hey, if I just get in and hang out for a few years, I too will one day get amnesty. And then this this never ends. So amnesty always fails the border security test. Um, so this really needs to be killed. Now, you the event that uh, we watched earlier um, today, the illegal immigration industrial complex, how nonprofits and corporations are facilitating the border crisis. Uh, Tom and I watched the entire event. It was very informative. Um, is this on the website that people can go to? Uh, is it archived there? They can watch it and learn something? Um, yes, I know it was it was live streamed and then usually yeah. um, Heritage will uh, post the recording of it within 24 hours. But yes, people can go and to watch that. Um, we had uh, Representative Lance Gooden from Texas as one of our speakers, along with uh, Mike Howell, who's the director of our oversight project. Um, and it was his project that that um, used that geofence phone data I talked about. Uh, but Congressman Gooden has been doing oversight on this. He has been sending letters to uh, some of the airlines that are transporting these illegal aliens around the country. I believe it was United and American he sent letters to. He sent letters to some large hotel chains about uh, how much money they are getting um, to house uh, these, these aliens. Uh, and he sent letters to Facebook and I believe TikTok um, because their platforms are being used for to help people uh, migrate uh, through Mexico. It'll give them maps. It'll connect them with other people. It'll connect them with coyotes um, to come here illegally, which is a very dangerous situation. Um, I don't know that he's gotten many answers back, uh, but it does set the stage for very needed oversight uh, starting next year when, when the Republicans take over the House. Yeah. Now, now, during the seminar, you also there's some discussion about nonprofit groups that are not only facilitating the uh, processing and the transportation of illegal aliens through the country. Um, can you talk about some of those groups and name some names? <laughs> yeah, Catholic Charities seems to be the one that comes up the most, um, but there are other faith-based organizations. Um, like Lutheran Immigrant and uh, Refugee Services, there's Jewish Family Services, um, and, and others. And they have um, brick and mortar, you know, spread along the, the border. And when uh, the Border Patrol drops them off at their facility, um, they might have a sign up that says, Border Patrol, proceed no farther, just drop them off here, and then everything is, you know, quietly taken care of. 
um, they are getting unknown amounts of money from the federal government, from, from corporations, from foundations, um, through various pots of money. So for example, within the Department of Homeland Security, uh, there is a large FEMA grant that, that pays into this. And I have the number here. So because this is such an expensive endeavor and because so many people have been crossing the border, um, DHS has raised their hand to Congress and said, if you do another continuing resolution for the budget to get into next year, which just flatlines you know, current numbers, we DHS, we need an exception. And they're asking for $6 billion more to pay for these operations. And just for that FEMA grant for the NGOs, it's $820 million. Um, so there's big, big money. That's just Department of Homeland Security. You also have Health and Human Services giving out grants to a lot of these same groups for housing uh, unaccompanied alien children, you know, their families. You've got Justice Department that hands out money to a lot of these same groups to uh, train people, to coach people on what to say with respect to asylum claims to, and to give them uh, attorneys or legal representation. Um, and then State Department, you know, the, the refugee process, there's uh, UNHCR, a, a segment of that giving out money south of our border um, to people as they're migrating here. So um, these NGOs are scattered kind of throughout the immigration, illegal immigration life cycle, if you will. Uh, they're making a lot of money off the federal government. They are cloaking themselves as doing good, that uh, these are vulnerable populations and they're merely helping them find a better life. Um, but in fact, it is smuggling. Uh, and it is subjecting these poor migrants to traffickers uh, and cartels who are the worst of the worst um, and endangers children, women and girls regularly raped south of the border. And then once they're inside the U.S., many are becoming tra trafficking victims. Um, so, you know, from start to finish, this is a, a bad, bad deal. How, how Christian. <laughs> right. And, and so, um, you know, Christians, um, Jewish Americans um, need to realize what's going on and, and donor beware if, if they are giving their dollars to some of these church organizations thinking they're helping um, poor migrants, um, they need to realize what's going on here. No, I, I think that's, that's an excellent point because you want, one you would, might not know, but the other part is, I mean, the money trail, you're talking about huge sums of money going from the alphabet soup of government agencies to nonprofits, mm -hmm. uh, and that's how they're being able to process all this. So it's not just through uh, people donating money; it, it's right. through the federal government funneling money to nonprofit groups. And you know, there's so much money floating around. This is how this all this happens. And yep. hopefully, the House will be able to restrain uh, some of the spending going forward. Yeah, that, that's why we call the event the Illegal Immigration Industrial Complex, because it is quite an infrastructure and, and a big business to perpetuate this. Um, and it, it's not for uh, Americans' benefit. You know, one idea, and I don't know, you mentioned the representative who has written, I guess, letters to uh, hotel change and airlines. I think the American people might want to know uh, which companies are involved in this directly. Yeah. Uh, because we know the way the left operates. They uh, identify a target, you know, Solinsky, and they bang away. Well, I think people who are frustrated 
about this illegal uh, immigration issue could send some letters to uh, some, some airlines and some hotel chains because it's all about activism. Uh, this is why the left beats us all the time. It's activism. So I think it would be a great idea if we could get a list of those. <laughs> those or put companies. on the website. Yeah, yeah. That, that, would be, uh, that would be a good step. <laughs> Yeah, um, I know on uh, Representative Gooden's, um, on his congressional website, he's got news releases and links to them all. But yes, we can absolutely put them in one place, given uh, the event we held today and yeah. yeah, make it easier for folks to find. And, and we will definitely on. promote that for sure. Yeah, Thank we'll you. Promote yeah. It for yeah. Sure. Is there uh, anything else that you'd like to mention that we haven't touched on today? I, I think it's really important that uh, Americans understand the um, how much this administration is encouraging asylum fraud. Americans are very generous people. We're generous with our immigration policies. We're generous with our donations. Um, and I always characterize asylum as the second most important immigration benefit we get after U.S. citizenship. Uh, but unfortunately, this administration and the Obama administration have so watered down asylum and uh, encourage asylum fraud that uh, it, it really it renders the benefit meaningless and it makes it much more difficult for actually truly persecuted people yeah. uh, to have their claim heard and to be granted the benefit legitimately and, and move on with their lives. Um, the the caseloads that are pending both before uh, DHS and also the immigration courts are in the millions. DOJ, uh, the immigration courts, just about to hit 2 million cases um, pending. And U.S. Citizenship and Immigration Services at DHS is uh, about eight, 8 million cases pending. Now, those aren't all asylum. They are all immigration benefits, which is another point that is important. You've got, meanwhile, while all this Ill illegal immigration, you know, is going on in the, in the debate, you have employers and others asking for <clears throat> more legal visas, more high-tech visas, more ag visas, etc. They suffer when we have such high illegal immigration because all the resources are devoted to processing and people crossing the border illegally uh, dealing with their often bogus um, asylum applications. And then meanwhile, those employers who are trying to uh, get a visa for an employee or family members who are trying to get green cards for, the, for their family members have to wait even longer um, to have their case even heard. So um, I, I would love for those uh, advocates to also say, all right, look, stop with the illegal immigration because it hurts everybody. Um, and let's try to get back to a, a lawful and an orderly and a manageable immigration system. Yeah. And after you laid all of that out to heck with the ones who have done it the right way, who are trying to do it the right way, they spend years and money to come to America legally, uh, how do they feel, right? Yeah, they, they feel like it's a slap in the face. And there's sure. no louder opponent to illegal immigration than those who came here legally right. and, and waited their turn and did it the right way. Um, and that's what we should strive for. But you never hear the left tell people, come here lawfully. You never hear the left tell people, go to a port of entry, don't cross illegally. 
why? Right. Well, Laura Reese, Director of Border Security and Immigration Center at the Heritage Foundation, heritage.org. Thank you so much for joining us. We do hope you'll come back. My pleasure. Thank you very much. Folks, thanks for checking out Reigniting Liberty. And remember, everyone has a role to play. What are you doing for liberty? Until next time. This has been Reigniting Liberty with Tom and Deneen Borelli, the truth in black and white. For exclusive video footage of these interviews, be sure to follow Deneen Borelli on Clout Hub at Deneen Borelli. And also make sure to visit DeneenBorelli.com. Follow Tom Borelli on Twitter at Tom Borelli. And follow Deneen at Deneen Borelli. Subscribe wherever you listen and leave us a review on Apple Podcasts. Reigniting Liberty, the truth in black and white.